0: Welcome to the First Player Token Podcast, a short podcast for folks who enjoy playing board games with family and friends. I'm your host, Derek Bruff. In this episode, we take a look at a modern classic, a game about collecting gems and impressing fancy people, a game called Splendor. This podcast is designed for people who would love to try a few new board games with family and friends, but aren't sure where to start. If that's you, then you couldn't do much better than starting with this episode's featured game, Splendor. Splendor is, I think, my most played game, and it's probably also the game I've convinced the most people to buy just by playing it with them. It was a love at first play game for me. I tried it out at Tennessee Game Days, a local board game convention, back in 2015, then played it twice more that weekend, then immediately ordered myself a copy. Splendor is one of my go-to games when I'm playing with people for the first time, because it's almost always a hit. Splendor is a 2014 game from Space Cowboys, designed by Marc Andre, with art by Pascal Quidalt. It handles 2-4 to players in 30-60 to minutes per game. In the game, players take on the role of jewel collectors during the Renaissance, trying to build the most prestigious collection of emeralds and sapphires and rubies and onyx and diamonds. If you have a truly impressive collection, you'll draw the attention of the local nobility, who will bless your collection with even more prestige. On the table, the game consists of three rows of cards, each depicting a jewel of some kind, and illustrated with some element of the jewelry business, from mining to transportation to artisans. Each card has a cost, more on that in a minute, and some number of prestige points, with the higher-level cards costing more and being worth more. The game also features these really fantastic tokens that have the shape and heft of poker chips. The tokens come in six colors green, blue, red, white, black, and yellow. You'll also see square tiles each depicting a different noble with the number of tiles equal to the number of players, plus one. On your turn you can either take a few of these tokens, three tokens of different colors or two of the same color, or you can use those tokens to buy one of the available cards. Maybe 2 green and 2 black for a level 1 card, or 6 white, 3 blue, and 3 black for a level 3 card. Or you could reserve a card so that only you can buy it, and then you get a wild token. Those are the yellow tokens. Anytime a card is bought or reserved, another card comes out of the corresponding deck to replace it, level 1, 2, or 3. Here's the clever part of Splendor and what makes it so fun to play. Once you purchase a card, the jewel shown on the card works like a reusable discount of that color for buying future cards. So if you have a blue card in your collection already and you want to buy a new card that costs two blue and two red, you just need one blue token and two red tokens, since the blue card you have covers one blue from the cost of the new card. If you also had a red card, then the new card is even cheaper since you can combine those discounts. Each card you buy makes it easier to buy more cards in the future so your buying power increases over the course of the game. That's how you can eventually afford those third row cards, which cost a lot but also bring the most points. The nobles come in later in the game, when your jewel collection is looking a little more impressive. Each noble will give three points to the first player who meets certain requirements on their jewel collection. For nobles, the tokens don't count, just the cards you've collected. This kingly-looking fellow here will come around if you have four black cards and four red cards in your collection. While this lady, who should probably have an ermine, is looking for a collection with three green cards, and three blue cards, and three white cards. The first player to reach 15 points between jewel cards and nobles triggers the end of the game. At that point, you finish the round so that every player has an equal number of turns, and whoever has the most points wins. I think this was the first game I played that had this finish the round mechanism, and I like it a lot. It does require remembering who played first, which is why having a first player token is handy. And now you get the reference for the podcast name. Splendor is elegantly and attractively designed, easy to learn and fun to play, and just a bit addictive. It has, however, caused a little conflict in our house. For that, let's hear from my wife Emily with some color commentary. Welcome back to the podcast, Emily. Thanks. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. Um, We are looking at the game Splendor, and uh, I have to say, I think this is the game that inspired the color commentary section of the podcast, (laughs) because you have some opinions on the colors in this game.
1: Well, I have one very strong opinion (laughs) about the so-called black color. It is obviously not black. So I would like to write an open letter to the designers of Splendor.
0: The publisher is Space Cowboys.
1: Dear Space Cowboys, that is not black. Sincerely, Emily.
0: <laughs> so so we're talking about the token here. Splendor has these really fun, heavy tokens, kinda like poker chips, mm-hmm. right? And there's a, a little sticker here with an image of what is said to be an onyx gem, mm-hmm. and 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 the the rule book says this token represents the color black.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so what what color would you call this gem that is depicted on this token?
1: That is clearly brown, um, more clearly burnt umber. Um, for those of you who know your colors
0: burn umber we are we're cracking out the crayola 64 box here. i mean
1: it's it's one thing if you want to say the chip is black because i guess they made the chip black but mm. you have to turn it on its side to even see that
0: the, the thin part of the chip yeah. is, is black
1: the sticker covers 99 of the chip <laughs> and all of the representations of the gem on the cards are brown
0: Mm, Right, that same gem shows up in the cards, and that's... I I, I would have to agree that that is not black. No. It is labeled as such in the rulebook.
1: It's not black.
0: The rulebook is wrong. Yeah, burnt umber. Do any of the other colors have the same issue? No. No.
1: I mean, you know, there's... The yellow is questionable. Yeah. And the white is questionable, because the white is representing a diamond, mm. and no gemologist would call a diamond white. As far as, you know, it's the clarity, right? Right.
0: Yeah, it's more clear than colored.
1: Right. You want it to be clear. <laughs> right. You don't want it to be any tint other than clear. Right. Otherwise, they throw it away. Certainly
0: not solid white. No. Yeah.
1: I'm sure there's some cloudy distinction that would turn them But on. the
0: depiction of the diamond here does have a lot of white in it. It
1: does. It's yeah. very reflective to be white. Yeah. The yellow one, I would have to say, is more orange-yellow.
0: It's not even a gem on that. It's like some weird metal piece of metal with some stamping on it. Yeah. I don't really know what that means.
1: Yeah, so those are the other two questionable ones. Yeah. The red, blue, and green are fine.
0: Yeah. Well, tell me... Uh, I, I mean, we've identified what you object to in this game. What do you like about this game?
1: I, I mean, I like that there is a little bit of consistency across the cards and the chips. It helps you keep track of things.
0: So, like, there's a blue chip and a the same image, more or less, is on the card, the blue cards.
1: Right. Yeah, the same in, image is repeated both on the points and on... The, um, or you know how much how many of a certain gem you have to have to buy the card, and also on what kind of card it is. Yeah. And so that's consistent.
0: Yeah. It makes it easy when you have it all laid out. Yeah. And you're playing, to visually see where you want to go and what you want to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like, the theme. It's pretty fun. You know, you're trying to, to convince these fancy people to you know buy your gems right that's the idea right they're
0: called nobles but I nobles think, i think fancy people is a good term <laughs> yeah i'm partial to the one that we call beard dude oh yes he's got quite the epic
1: oh yeah he looks like he should be on some sort of coin
0: mm, yes
1: it's a very strong
0: profile Or perhaps working in a brewery somewhere mm, yeah yeah yep yeah and i like that the art So I have the cards here laid out by level one, level two, level three. And the level one cards, the art is all about places you would mine for gems. Yes. And then the level two is transporting gems, examining them, you know, polishing them maybe. Yeah. And then level three is all places you might sell gems. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a little theme going there. Yeah.
1: And you know, I could be wrong. I'm not a gemologist, is that what they're called? I don't even even know. (laughs) I'm not one of those people. (laughs) I don't know anything about gems, so maybe an onyx brown looking (laughs) gem is actually called black in that community.
0: Oh, sure. They have different color words.
1: Maybe so, I don't
0: know. Do you remember the first time we played this game? Hmm. We were at Frothy Monkey.
1: That's what I thought. The
0: coffee shop. Yeah. Yes.
1: It was one of the first times we played a game together that's
0: right yeah and we hadn't been dating that long
1: i was super nervous
0: (laughs) why were you nervous
1: well i'm not very good at games the first time as you know
0: i have learned that yes (laughs) sometimes you get very good at them on the third or fourth try the first (laughs) try is often rocky
1: and i wasn't sure what kind of a winner or loser you would be
0: that's true yeah
1: and it could have made her broke the relationship should have been a
0: big jerk yeah (laughs) Yeah. i was not a big jerk apparently no you weren't i passed that that's good yeah and this is a game i mean i brought it that night because i had already shared it with a lot of people and i found that a lot of people respond well to this game it's probably the game where i should have the most finders fees because (laughs) i'll play it with people and then they'll buy a copy Mm -hmm. so anything else about the colors or the art or the visual aesthetic of this game
1: I do appreciate the circles versus the rectangles. That's very helpful because when you get to the fancy people, the nobles at the top, yeah, you have to pay with cards and not chips, and that's represented with a rectangle. Yeah, and that's
0: subtle. A lot of people don't notice that.
1: Yeah, but it's really helpful, um, and a lot of games wouldn't make that distinction. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. it's a winner. Mhm. Except for that.
1: Except for the color. The burnt umber. Yep.
0: Oh, that burnt umber. When you marry an artist, you have to know your colors. Thanks again to Emily for sharing her thoughts about Splendor. A couple of more things about the game. This kind of game is what some call an engine builder. That discount mechanism where each card you buy makes it easier to buy more cards means that as you play, it feels like you're putting together an engine that gets better and better. It's really satisfying, even if you don't win, since you can still feel good about the engine you built. I've recommended a few other engine builders here on the podcast, including Space Explorers, Gizmos, and Wingspan. In fact, Splendor is a great starter for this genre of game since it's so pared down. Once you get the hang of Splendor, you're well prepared for other engine builders that add more complexity. Splendor also has multiple paths to victory, meaning that different players might choose different strategies to win. You can focus on the level one cards, which are cheap, to power up your engine and snag some nobles, who like collections with lots of cards. Or you can aim for the big points in the level three cards. Or you can use my favorite strategy, which is focusing on the level two cards for lots of small points over time. Usually you need a mix of these strategies to win and you also need to be a little flexible since other players will be buying cards as you play and new cards will be coming out. That's what keeps Splendor fresh after so many plays. Publisher Space Cowboys came out with an expansion in 2017 called Cities of Splendor. It's actually a set of four mini-expansions, any one of which can be added to the base game to change things up. My favorite is the Orient, since it supercharges the engine building in the game. The expansion was gifted to me on my birthday by my second daughter, who was a fan of Splendor starting at age 7. She very sneakily asked to play Splendor with me a few days before my birthday so I would be extra excited when I got the expansion. That's it for this episode of the First Player Token Podcast. See the show notes for photos of Splendor, as well as links to our socials, and a link to buy a First Player Token coffee mug. And if you found one of our game recommendations useful, would you share the podcast with a friend or review it on your favorite podcast app? That would mean a lot. I've been your host, Derek Bruff. Thanks for listening. Now it's time to play some games. While this lady who should probably have an erm while this lady who should probably have an ermine (sighs) Ermin, Ermin, Ermin. Not Ermine, Ermin.